What's up, everyone? My name is Mel, and I'm your host over here at the Compulsory Gymnastics Connection. This is a podcast all about women's gymnastics levels one through five. We are going to talk about gymnastics experiences, non-gymnastics experiences, how those things shape and play into how we coach. We're going to go over day-to-day shop talk, really getting into how on earth we actually make it happen and we get it done. And lastly, how to keep it fun, because let's be honest, gymnastics is fun. I really hope that you are going to enjoy this just as much as I am. So let's get started. I am so excited about this one, you guys. I have not really felt um, all that inspired to be recording any episodes, Um, and I was really thankful when um, one of our listeners reached out and um, had uh, a really good question um, for us in regards to skills versus drills and the ratio of playing with new skills versus drilling basics. Um, And I think that it's something that maybe we've all, you know, we've either encountered already or we're encountering now. Um, If we've been at a place for a long time, maybe that's something that has worked itself out. Um, But I think as a new coach, which this person is, you know, a new compulsory coach, um, this can be really challenging. Um, And then even if you are an experienced coach, going to a new gym, right, a new facility, a new system, a new structure, a new anything, right, like that can that can make it all change. And so finding the balance of that is really, really tricky. So um, in this episode, I'm going to give a couple little stories, a couple little ideas, um, and hopefully you will be able to take those and apply those in a way that works for you. Um, and then as always, if you guys have questions or, you know, want me to elaborate on anything, I'm more than happy to do that. Just reach out. Um, best way to get a hold of me is on Instagram. So yeah, let's get rocking and rolling. Okay, so I am just going to start this one off by reading the message that this coach sent to me, and um, and then we'll kind of dive in. So, all right, Coach Patty says, I was wondering if you could talk about skills versus drills. Our gym has a history of just throwing stuff, which is slowly changing, but has led to a lot of form issues in our four fives and optional athletes. So, I'm wondering... What's a good ratio of playing with a new skill and drilling basics? With my level threes, we are about six months from our first meet, so I've been having them work one to two upgrade stations slash skills while incorporating basics and detail stations as well. The problem I encounter is that they need help with literally all of their basics, and I don't have time, nor do they have the patience to revisit those things as much as I would like. So examples of basics that we are lacking are handstand shapes, bar shapes, shoulder flexibility, cartwheel lines, head in on tumbling, things like that. So thank you so much for sending this in. And I I love this dilemma. I mean, I don't love the dilemma itself, but I get where you're coming from on it. I 100% know it. I understand it. And I I think that many people out there can fully resonate with this. So 
it's so hard. It's so hard, especially if you're a new coach in general or just new to a program, right? You're getting used to your kids. The kids are getting used to your coaching style. And it's really just this kind of fine balance of it all. And especially if they've been allowed to just throw things and your coaching style is not that way, um, bridging that gap can be tricky. So um, I remember in my first week or so that um, with the club I'm at now, um, previously I had been with the same club for like 95% of my gymnastics career and then I coached there for six years. So I was very, very well adapted to the structures and the systems in which we operated. So I didn't always work with our five-year-old group, but when I did, everything was a game, right? Like any of the shaping, we turned it into a game. But then we also played like regular games too. So not just gymnastics game. So when I started at this new club, I had a group of littles and I played a game. I played a game called Natural Disaster. And if you are not familiar, pretty much the kids just run around an eight-inch mat until you yell some sort of natural disaster like flood or storm or earthquake or whatever. Um, And the idea is like when they're a little bit older, you take a kid out if they're the last one to to do the thing. Um, With these guys, I didn't. I just – they had some energy in them. And I just kind of wanted to wear them out a little bit. So we played, um, and about three or four days later, my now current boss, right, asked me to have a conversation. And during that conversation, she informed me that a parent had kind of mentioned something to her, and that since these girls are training to be on the competitive team, that we don't really play games with them. Now, I I have a whole lot of thought about that particular situation, um, and it has since changed, But the point is, is that it was different. That training style was different. And so, right, that's a learning process in and of itself. So um, if you're at a new gym or if you're coaching, you know, new, give it a little bit of time. Um, You know, and even with my compulsory girls now, it's been a process as well. So I, I have spent almost two full years fixing front handsprings on floor. And I'm pretty sure I talked about this in one of the first episodes. I think it was the episode with um, Michelle Cocan. Awesome episode if you haven't listened to it. But um, we have been fixing just regular front handsprings on floor for two years. These kids learned them before I got there. And the, the chin down to the chest, the arms pull forward, just the not lifting the chest. It really made me want to puke. And some of them still, right? I've been working at this for two years and some of them have still not gotten it. So the point here is that it's really hard to correct something after it's already been taught or not drilled properly and appropriately. So I will never forget, I was listening to um, Brett Wargo on Dave Tilley's podcast. So Um, If you don't know those two names, go ahead and um, search them. Dave Tilly is amazing. And um, I have known of Brett. I've never actually met him, um, but I've known of him for a really long time. He was in um, the same region as I was previously. And 
Um, you know, I don't know if he came up with this quote or if it came from somewhere else, but I heard it from Brett, so he gets the credit. Um, and he said, if you don't have time to teach it right the first time, when will you have time to go back and teach it again? And that's what I've really felt as I've gone through the front handsprings on floor. Right, I'm now having to go back and teach it again because it didn't quite get done right the first time. Um, and it stinks because you want to be able to go and do the upgrades and the fun things, but you have to go back and, and, and reteach that and rework on that. So my point here, I guess, is that I know that the upgrades are fun, but if we are needing help with all the basics, that that's where our, our energy has to go is to those basics. So if everybody needs, that's what you got to do. So you, the coach that asked me this question specifically mentioned level threes. So let's go ahead and use a bridge kickover as an example. And I'm not saying you have to spend a hundred percent of your time on these basics, but I think there's a way to incorporate them a little bit more consistently to the point where you have, uh, you're able to help them and then also send them on their way. I'll, I'll try to explain that a little bit better as we go through this. So, um, so level threes, let's use, um, the bridge kickover. Okay. So let's say you have, we're going to say six kids for the ease of this example. You have six kids. So you're going to take them together as the group and you're going to grab some panel mats. You know, I love panel mats. They're super versatile at those low levels and they're, you know, easy to get. It's not hard to set up. So, um, so I'm going to have a panel mat for every two to three kids. So we have six kids. We have three panel mats and I'm going to line everybody up behind the first panel mat. Uh, and I'm going to be there spotting. So they're going to put their feet up on the panel mat for their bridge, and you're going to walk them through the whole skill and spot them, right? So I will have my kids, I have my kids bridge up with straight legs, and then they bend their opposite leg in, and then they kick their, they straighten their favorite leg and they kick it over. So I'm going to walk them through that. I'm going to make sure that they're legs and feet to the best of their current ability, right? Because you kind of said shoulder flexibility is an issue. So, you know, this is a little bit of an opportunity to work on that as well as the form. Um, you know, you walk them through the whole skill and you spot them. And then after that, they get to go onto the next panel mat and try it themselves. And then they go to the next one and then they get back in line. Um, so you are spotting them, right? You're helping them on this basic thing. And then they get an opportunity to try it by themselves. And everybody's doing the same thing. So it's not like you are having to watch a circuit of three to four different things. Your focus is singular on that. So um, this way you can kind of ensure a little bit more that they've gotten some good quality turns with you and made some solid efforts on the other one, on the other two, right? So as a side note to that, make sure you're spotting while facing the other two panel mats or, you know, however many panel mats so you can see everybody's turns because then you can still, you know, again, have eyes on that. So, um, and then 
when you move to your next circuit, right? So I'm going to spend, let's say I have a 30 minute rotation on floor. I'm going to spend 10 minutes doing this. And then I'm going to have another probably 20 minute circuit um, or training phase on floor. I'm going to make sure to have a handstand bridge kickover station because we've now practiced that basic of the bridge kickover. And if they're going to, you know, they're working towards level three or, you know, hopefully they already have it, you know, close to it. But then you practice the handstand bridge kickover so they can continue to practice both that basic and the skill that they need for level three. So that's my example for that. Um, handstand shapes, right? You, you said handstand shapes were another basic that needs improvement. The, and the beautiful thing about handstand shapes is that they can be practiced on everything that you do. Um, so I tend to pick one or two events per day. And then again, kind of same thing, spend that first 10 minutes on the handstand shapes, um, with handstands and the younger ones, I'm always going to do with them together as a group, you know, in whatever variation of the shape we are trying to, you know, we're working on. So tuck handstand, L handstand, single leg L handstand, gosh, even laying on the ground, on their belly, right, with their hands on a mat, shrugging, pushing, right? Um, that's the basics, right? You can do them between panel mats. You can do it straight body against wa the wall. You know, all of those things. Any variation of your handstand, right, you're going to, you know, that's my suggestion is taking the first 10 minutes and making everybody do it together. Um, and the same thing with bar shapes, right? Bar shapes are everything shapes, right? They're, you know, like your hollow, your arch, your candlestick, right? You need those in everything else too. So again, I'm going to spend the first 10 minutes, right? And like with my level threes right now, we do an L hold, we do a tuck hold, we do a toes to the bar, we do a chin over the bar, we do a chin over the bar with the pike. And we just do those all together, 10 to 15 seconds, focused on our form and, and being in the best shape we possibly can. And if I absolutely cannot find a time during a rotation to sneak something in, I'm going to add it into the warm-up. This was, this was a trick that um, my, my gymnastics career gym slash first gym I coached at um, was actually really good at. In our staff meetings, we'd be like, okay, what are we struggling with? What can't we find time to do, um, you know, this, that, or the other during practice? Um, and, you know, okay, oh, it's handstands. Okay, so we're going to add in five minutes of handstands at the end of the warm-up, right? So for the littles, right, if you are looking for shaping, right, you kind of need all of the shaping, then spend the last five minutes holding a hollow, holding an arch, holding a candlestick, holding your casting shape, you know, your push-up shape, toes tucked under, whatever, um, you know, handstands. If you do two sets of 15-second holds, it's two minutes and 30 seconds of work. There's time to do that in the warm-up. So that, those are my suggestions in terms of finding the space for those basics, um, finding those little pockets and practice for, for those things. So now we move on to the topics of upgrades, 
right? They're the topic of upgrades when, when basics aren't where they need to be, right? First things first, always, always, always make sure that you talk about what the basic skill leads to. So, all right, we're doing backwards rolls, right? Sometimes I'll do basics across the floor. Like we're doing forward rolls, we're doing backwards rolls, we're doing handstand, we're doing a cart, we're doing a regular cartwheel, whatever. Um, and so we talk about every time before they even start to do the thing, right? Backwards rolls. My kids now know, I'm like, I'll, I'll always ask them, what does our backward roll turn into? They'll raise their hand, back tucks. Okay, what, what does it go beyond that, right? So I always try to have it one to two levels above what that's going to lead to, right? So back tucks, double backs, all that, you know? Um, so it makes it exciting so that they think about why this silly seeming backwards roll is important. Um, and with my level fours and fives, I'll ask them to imagine the backward roll being their back tuck and try to have them visualize it in that way. So, <coughs> excuse me. So then after that, I am going to make the easiest upgrade station I can. Break that shit down as far as you can. Pick one piece of that upgraded skill, right? So let's, we're, we're on the topic of back tucks, right? So take a medium height block, have them stand on the medium height block. They do a backwards roll off of the medium bl- block and land in a stick shape, right? So then they're getting the feeling of being high, spotting the ground and landing. Bam, you're upgrading for back tucks right? And that's a drill that's not really going to make or break the back tuck, right? Letting them chuck a back tuck off that block very well could if it ends up looking like a no-handed tucked back handspring situation, which like we all know. We've seen it. We all know. Um, So I try to think of what is the simplest thing I can implement that they can do, Right. Um, one of my favorite things to do, and I, you can do this with the littles, right? I haven't done it in a while. Totally should. But lay out a sting mat and have them hold one hand on the corner of the sting mat, whichever their twisting direction is, and have them wrap themselves up in it. Twisting. Done. Fun. Right. Um, easy. And it's and again, it's not going to make or break it. But it's going to teach them something valuable about that skill. Um, and even like even on bars, right? Have them hold a floor bar lying on their stomach in mixed grip. One hand turned front grip, one hand regular. Pirouette training. Done. And you can, and you can tell them that. Hey, today we're working on our pirouettes. We're going to do it. Th-, you know, and like they may be level threes. They might not know what a pirouette is, but they're going to think it's cool because it's not something that they, you know, have learned. So this kind of thing gives you really like a no risk upgrade situation. Um, and you know, my suggestion on that would be one to to two. Um, and you know, I do, I try my best to allow the girls to experiment safely with upgrades and new skills. Um, I actually, I struggle really hard with this, actually. Um, I really struggle to let them let them go um, when I know it's not going to be 
quite the quality that I want from them. Um, but when I do try, when I do let them try, I, I do have a one and done rule. Um, and they know that. Um, and if it is a mess, nope, we're not doing it. It's not happening again that day. Maybe we can try it again next time. If you show me the, you know, that you can do the drills correctly. Um, but you get to go right back to the drills. Um, I really do my best to not allow them to continue repeating the things that are not technically sound or correct because then we end up back to reteaching, right? And, and the quote we talked about, if you don't have time to teach it right the first time, when are you going to go back and teach it again? And it's this vicious cycle or it can be, right? It can be. Um, and so, yeah, my kids know that they only get, a, they get a one and done. And if they're like my level fives with their back tucks, my round effect answering back tuck. If they are, if their head goes out and their ponytail goes towards their butt on their first one, they're done for the day. Um, and they know that they get mad at me sometimes. They don't like it, you know, but nope, we're going to go back and we're going to really figure out this shape or we're going to, you know, we're going to try to figure out something that is going to be more productive for you than repeating this mistake over and over again. So, you know, you got to remember that it does take time. It takes time for everybody to adapt. So if you are a new coach or you're new to a program and it feels hard right now, you know, give it some time and things, things will adjust. But really be patient and diligent on your standards and it will come. Um... So I hope, I hope this insight and information helps. Um, like I said at the beginning, always feel free to message me on Instagram with um, anything you need, more, more ideas that help for you, um, that have worked for you. And yeah, so I will talk to you guys soon. I hope you have a wonderful week. And until next time, get your ish together. Good things are coming.